Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Neil Kulong, who has a gigantic job of explaining Sunday. Explaining Sunday. Um, I don't know. You, you ever had a situation in which you need to go back to find the worst example of something over 40 years? Because that's by it, it, the weirdest thing for me. It was maybe halfway through the first quarter. Watching them play, it was honestly like, this is going to be one of the worst games that I've ever seen them play, isn't it? Because they didn't do anything. I mean, you saw it from the opening kickoff, from the first drive, from the first two drives of each team. They got thoroughly beat in every phase of the game. You don't often hear Mike Tomlin speak in, in such... A, a, a specific and emphatic way the way he did today, but they, they stunk up the joint. That's really the only way that you can say it. They were that bad. In fact, I, I'd argue it was worse than 41 to 10. They shouldn't have had the, the seven at the end, and they probably should have given up two more. If, if the Bengals had kept their foot on the gas, that's what would have happened. And understandably, they're not going to put everything they have on film when they're obviously a, a playoff contending team and they have the game locked up. It was 34 to three at halftime. You're not going to roll out a whole lot of stuff for other teams to see. It, it, it was worse than that score indicated. The, the play on field, I think this is one of those games that you can look at it anecdotally. You can look at it and, and say statistically, it definitely looks bad, but there are worse losses in here. Anecdotally, the people that watched it are going to say that they have not seen the Steelers perform worse in every area of the game. Uh, as, as they did on Sunday. It was, it was just an embarrassing performance by them. And I agree with you. I think you could tell the second series of the game. Like I, mean, I don't mean like the Steelers' second series. I mean the second series of the whole game. They were in deep trouble and had no shot. Yeah, it was um, – it, it outmatched, I think, is, is appropriate, to put it mildly – outmanned, outschemed, outplayed. They lost everything. Um, Mike said this in the, in the press conference today. Somebody asked him, what, what's one thing that you can do? What, what's one word to describe what you can do to fix this? Effort. I mean, really, it's just, it, it didn't yeah. look like there was really any. I, I hate that, okay? Let me go on record as saying I think it's the most cliche, overused concept that, that fans will put onto a game of, of football. Well, they weren't trying very hard. These guys are professionals. Okay, they're getting paid a lot more money than they will make in the private sector if if they don't go out there and and bust their butt. It's rare that I would actually say this, but really, it it did not look like a a very inspired effort from the Steelers. Like to the point where I remember, uh, I think this way, this this happened so often, it's hard to keep the years straight. But I think it was 2013 or 2013, I think it was 2013 or 2012. the Browns were preparing to fire their, their head coach. I think it was Chudzinski. And I said in the second quarter of that game, as, as a joke, I think that the Browns are prepare, are, are, have already fired Rob Chudzinski. But the way that the, the Browns are playing right now, it looks like they all got kicked in the stomach before the game. And he was fired five minutes after the game. Apparently, they did know about it. So it explained the level of play on the field. I was half expecting there to be a, 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 a termination announced following the game. It, right. they, they looked that bad. Yeah. It was like, it, it's so 
uh, out of character for them. At the very least, they'll they'll fight in battle. I mean, you saw it against uh, Los Angeles the previous week. They played terribly in that game as well. They had enough to, to make enough plays to come back and, and make it competitive at the end. Still a bad game overall. Cincinnati didn't have anything. There was nothing redeemable about that. No, there really wasn't in any way, shape, or form. And that's what's so bad about it. You're in the thick of a race right now, and right now you're doing nothing. And that's about where the Steelers are right now. Okay, so, look, they're not going to change quarterbacks, obviously. I mean, Ben gives them, quote, the best chance to win. But, I mean, under normal circumstances, if they had already drafted somebody, wouldn't this be the time to look at Ben and say it's time to sit for a while? I don't think it matters. You know, this is the the running conversation. Uh, Ben didn't look good in that game, certainly. Um, Ben was not the worst player on that field. You know, I, I don't think it was a question of Ben. Um, that the, the interception at the end of the first half when it was already, you know, 27 to three or whatever it was, uh, that didn't look good, obviously. But the game's over by that point anyway. Yeah. Um, it, it, I don't think changing the quarterback matters, but I, I will say this it, it is more of a 10,000 foot level issue. I, I don't know this, I'm not reporting this, but I have a really tough time believing Ben Roethlisberger agreed to take a fairly substantial pay cut to play for the Steelers this season without some kind of, of, of off-the-record agreement between him, the head coach, and management that he's not going to be benched if he's healthy. Right. If he's able to play, he's going to play. I'm not do, if, if I'm Ben Roethlisberger right now, they, they've got this deal in front of me, I'm not signing this unless you give me your word. If I'm healthy, I'm going to play. I'm not signing this to sit. Okay. If I'm taking less money, I, I'm going to play every game. Are we are we okay with that? I don't. There's no way I could imagine a scenario in which that type of arrangement was not uh, agreed upon at the beginning of the year. So, no, they're not going to bench Ben. Um, well, I and I, I don't think that, so. We've got two games right. against the Bengals in which he should have been benched and right. wasn't. So, yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't think that for a second. But I just thought I'd throw it out there and at least discuss it. Well, let's even. Mm. You know, propose the idea that Mason Rudolph might not be any better than Ben. I mean, I think we have plenty of evidence think we got to support that, that theory now as it is. So, yeah. what difference does it make? I, I would say this, and everyone's going to say, well, you need to find out what you have. If the Steelers right now do not know what they have in Mason Rudolph after three and a half seasons, after 10 starts, you've got bigger problems than who's starting in quarterback right. against Baltimore and, and what's turning into a throwaway season anyway. I worry much more about that. You better know who Mason Rudolph is, and there isn't a secret. They're not saving something, you know. They're, they, they're not going to unleash Mason Rudolph on the NFL next season. We know exactly who Mason Rudolph is. Okay, he doesn't need to play. It, it's not fixing anything to have him play. At the same time, whether you like it or not, they're thinking about the long term of this. They don't want to embarrass maybe the franchise, in my opinion, second best player behind Mean Joe Green. They're not going to have Ben Roethlisberger go out poorly, okay? That, that's, that's part of this as well. Look what happened with Terry Bradshaw. That didn't end well, and I, no. Terry Bradshaw every December brings it up. It's going to come up here soon. Just watch. You know, yeah. For whatever reason, they, they don't want to have to deal with that, and they shouldn't. I mean, really, what are we saving here? It, it's not more important than the long term right now. Ben is not performing that badly. Or if you think that he is, there are several guys on that team that you need to have the same conversation with. In other words, you need to overhaul your, your entire roster, 
heading into next week. They're not going to do that. They're going to do it probably in the offseason, but they're not going to do it right now. Well, the big money guy, of course, is uh, Double D himself, direct deposit. That's uh, T.J. Watt, who is not going to play this weekend. Uh, but he, but the check clears tomorrow, by the way, I should point out. I, I thought the one hit he put on Burrow was really impressive. That was the block where he threw him to the ground. That's the. I mean, I don't even think they shook hands on the handshake line because I mean that would mean Watt would get close to him. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want that. You don't want that. I, I, I enjoyed how big of a deal they made that out to be. Um, you know, Joe Burrow. It, it, if you're a quarterback, and this really comes down to how you want to look on camera more than anything, and I'm sure Joe Burrow is thinking exactly that. He's a product of this generation. He can't just lay down at the ground, which is probably what he would rather do, right. given the, the circumstances of the game. And you're also facing the, the guy on the field that is probably the most upset with what's going on, considering he's he, Watt was maybe 50%. He wasn't anywhere close to ready to play in that game. Right. That's how badly they needed him. You know, It's good to know that he's uh, probably not going to play this weekend either. But it, it, Burrow... Hadn't I don't think Watt got close enough to Burrow in two games to, to really even say anything to him at that point. But Watt is going to make sure there's some contact with the quarterback to a point where he's not even blocking him. He's just ragdolling him around. I mean, yeah. it's a kid brother thing. He just he wants to make sure people know he wasn't the one not trying today. He he's going to put effort in. Burrow is just like, dude, come on, <laughs> let me go. Okay, yeah. you're not doing anything. You know you can't slam me to the ground. What what are we doing? We're dancing here. But yeah, that was that was Watt's highlight play for sure. <laughs> that was a great game. Yeah, another fabulous effort turned in. But that's okay. I'm sure on PFF he graded out with a thousand. So I mean, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Right. Okay. This will be his third game missed, right? Is that yeah. where we're at now? Yep, third game missed. Aaron Donald oh, probably got a, out third game. Aaron Donald probably got a thousand, and I don't even think. I mean, I think at one point after the game, Aaron Rodgers walked past him. All right. Um. So <laughs> it's like okay. Um. So now they got Baltimore, which you got a quarterback in Baltimore that nobody gets a clean hit on, is a magician as a runner, but has fifteen touchdowns and twelve picks. Uh, so how do you view this game? Uh, it, it's, it, this game is so crazy to me for, stro- for a, a variety of different ways. Baltimore is at a point for me that I wouldn't bet on or against Baltimore because you have no idea yeah. what version of Baltimore is going to show up. And the, the weird thing is, I don't know how many teams in the league have played bad games as often as Baltimore has. Yeah. And for them to be where they are in the record, in the standings, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, somebody made a great point to me in social media about that. The Steelers were the same way last year. It's like, yeah, I can see that. But the Steelers played really well at the beginning of the season. Ben hurt his knee against Dallas and things kind of went downhill, uh, accelerated to its highest point at, at the end of the year. But Baltimore, they don't, they don't play full good games. No, at all. No, I mean, no. they, they really don't. They are there is always There's always a massive problem with a Ravens game. They won a game with a quarterback who threw four interceptions. One of them was tipped. Three of them were maybe the worst throws I've seen all year, yeah. next to Ben and, and, and the pick six to Mike Hilton 
on Sunday. Yeah. Jackson was out of sorts. That's the second game in a row he's looked lost as a passer. Right. You don't know what's going to happen with that. Yeah, he can run around, he can make plays and everything like that, but um, they, they picked him off four times and managed to lose the game somehow. But um, I, I would argue this. You're right. Jackson doesn't take big hits from people very often. John Johnson got him twice for the yeah. Browns that I saw. Tagged him good, and he picked him off. Um, I, I think there's more and more that you're able to dissect of the Ravens this year that is leading them to really make things hard for Jackson. And he just doesn't seem to have any help beyond Mark Andrews making circus plays down the field. They're, they're, they're not in sync at all offensively. So I, I have no idea what's going to happen in this game. It could be 50-3 to three Baltimore. It could be 6-3 to three Pittsburgh. I don't know. But, it, it, you know, all bets are off when it comes to these teams anyway. I'm sure it'll be uh, kind of competitive somehow. But I could see both teams playing very poorly in this game and having it be pretty ugly overall. I don't know who's going to win, though. I really don't. Um, probably Baltimore because I'm certainly not going to bet on Pittsburgh. I have to ask you about Mark Andrews. When he came out of Oklahoma, I thought, all right, you know, he'll be a good NFL tight end. You know, I'm like, he'll be a good NFL tight end. He's way better than I thought he'd be in this league. What do you think of him? He's gotten, I think, far less respect and credit for as good of a player he is as anybody in the NFL. Yeah. And I think the broadcasters highlighted this. Um, it, 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 Sunday night in particular. Mark Andrews, you, it, it was a great replay. You see him, the one that he caught with one arm when he was going down. Yeah. Andrews sized the ball up. He saw exactly where it was coming as he was falling backwards. His eyes were on the ball. He already had his arm cradled. He knew how he was going to make that play when he was getting drugged down, and he came up with that. And both uh, Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth are, are going crazy, as they should. It was a great play. Yeah. And then at the end of it, they say, and look at the catch by Andrews. Here's the thing. Andrews gets so little credit because of the, the, everything that Lamar Jackson is doing uh, behind the line of scrimmage, at the line, whatever it is. I don't want to dismiss that. But that catch, which I think they eventually, um, probably for, for the sake of stats, they, they called it a, a catch instead of accepting the penalty, which I believe Baltimore initially had, had done. Right. Give him credit for that catch. The touchdown that Andrews had, that ball was seven yards in front of him. That yeah. Jackson running around and frustrating Jadavian Clowney. We heard about that 17 times during the game. It, it, I'm not taking anything away from that. It was a great football play. Jackson's throw was nowhere near the receiver. Nowhere near him. Andrews had to stop, turn direction, and then run forward to make that catch. It was an incredible play. Incredible. He got zero credit for that. I don't get it. I honestly, he's to me, he's right up there with Travis Kelsey. I don't see any reason why yeah, yeah. Um, he doesn't get the the recognition and the credit that he deserves. He's a pretty good blocker too. Yes, but he is their only reliable receiver. And the the fact that they are winning the way that they are, everyone puts it on to to Lamar Jackson, who again is a, a fantastic player. He's not having a very good year. I don't, you know, he destroyed the Colts. That was fun to watch. He ripped them apart. But he's played really poorly since that game and Sunday night in particular, Andrews was the guy who kept him going more than anything. And he had to, to, to turn into Superman in order for them to, to get the little offense that they did get in that game. I turned off Monday night football last night early. And here's the reason why there was a play to one of the running backs laying on the ground. 
Okay, catches the ball. And they said, well, he was already down. He was on the ground. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. This is the National freaking Football League. This is not college football. He's not down. I said, that's it. Off. I, I couldn't watch anymore. That was it. I, I, as soon as as soon as he he made that statement, I said, "You don't even you don't know what you're watching. You're just talking to talk." We're we're waiting for the point that the NFL gives directions to the officials to start emphasizing the rules that are already in place. And, you know, not not worry so much about uh, taunting. They're right on those calls. You know, right as in they're they're on top of it. They're watching it for sure. We we can see that they are emphasizing that, but. That play was just like, what are you doing? I mean, yeah, but it, why it, is he saying that? That's not the rule. Yeah, it, it, it's there. There's a general lack of clarity on rules until they become controversial, and it's not going to just because the weight of the game last night was was nothing. But it, it's a blown call. I mean, it, clearly a, a, an obvious blown call if you understand the rule. Yeah, but it's also and, blown by the announcers too. That's not the right. That's the not the rule. Don't know the difference between the two because that's what they're watching, and generally speaking, they're kind of, you know, sort of uh, coerced into not ripping the officials while they're there. Some of them do. You have to kind of watch the the lower end regional guys, said, uh, the, yeah. the ones that really do it. Lavar Arrington rips into officials pretty good. I, I enjoy that. Yeah, but it, by and large, uh, it, it, officiating. It's an extremely difficult job. Nobody says that it isn't. But between broadcasters uh, incorrectly interpreting the rule and the official on the microphone not clearly stating what rule it is that, that was right. uh, uh, you know, triggered in that particular case, it creates a level of misinformation that spreads throughout the league. And that fuels the, the, the issue that we have on a game-to-game basis. You know, it's like what... Pick a game. You know that we're going to have a problem with it. I was just talking to a, a colleague of mine. The only thing leading into the, the Washington-Seattle game, the only thing that is going to come out of this game is going to be some issue with the officiating. Yep. I only know that because there's nothing else to talk about with this game. Nope. So it, it's going to, to end up magnifying itself and create some type of precedent for another game that a fan's going to recall if we actually remember that Washington and Seattle played last night, which I don't think that we will. But they're going to remember something, probably that call, and say, why didn't that apply here? And that's going to create right. more of the mistrust and, you know, kind of uh, animosity that fans have toward the league and toward the product right now. Like you said, as soon as he said this, if that's it, I'm done. Turned it off. <laughs> like, I wish I did that. Yeah. I really do. <laughs> I just I shook sure. my head and said, you you got to be kidding me. This is not a college game. All yeah, right. And you know what? We'll have, we'll have a chance to do the same thing again next week. Just watch. What is next week's Monday night game? Do we know? I, I mean, don't. Does, does I don't ESPN know. know? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Washington and Seattle. They, yeah. they always get the, the premium picks. Monday night in a couple weeks. It's not next week. I think it's week uh, 17. Uh, Cleveland to Pittsburgh. Oh, that, that's shaping yeah, up to be a great game. I mean, That'll well, be fun. I mean, really, let's celebrate. Chip and dip night at your place? <laughs> it's, a, it's a draft order Monday night game. Perfect. Involving the Steelers. That, that's, oh, what a year. It's just been fun. Actually, he's showing it to me, and I can't read it. So it's it's all right. He's, he's trying to mouth me the words. I don't know. I saw I can't. I'd be, you know how there there are people, you know how there are people who are great sign stealers, or they can read <laughs> read lips. 
right? Oh, Patriots and Bills. Oh, they actually got handed a really good game. Okay, yeah, that's uh, not, that's that's a good one to have now. Wonder if Fowler and Herb Street are available. All right, uh, so good. <laughs> thought I'd throw it out there, my friend. Thank see, you. We'll see if they are. Appreciate you very much as always. Definitely. Thanks for having me.